0: We are back, back to back to back. Three days in a row we've been recording. I'm Jason, a.k.a. Captain Novice. I'm here with my buddy, Bo. What's up, Bo?
1: Hey, what's going on, Jason? How are you tonight?
0: Good, good. Well, guys, first-time listeners, we are Parked in Turn 1, a podcast about everything motorcycle, the community, the racing, whatever we can talk about that's about two wheels, we are going to do it. Um, And so, really, Bo, we've got just MotoGP tonight we're finally getting caught up uh this feels good it feels like we're in the right place now
1: yeah and, and yeah and, and just to kind of look ahead i think you and i last last night we talked a little bit we didn't think we had anything coming up we've actually got world Superbike, so we're still going to be able to bring you guys good content next week so um excited about that but i think this uh there was a lot to uh really go over with this acid weekend jason so um I'm ready to start trying to peel all the layers off of this onion. What about you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I am definitely that way. I feel like uh I feel like there's a lot to go over. I feel like, you know, the race is one thing, but there's a lot happening off track, too. So, mm-hmm. let's do it. Um, you know, um let's just jump right into it. I mean, let's do it. Let's yeah. just get to it. Sounds good, man. All right. Uh Moto 3. Let's start there. Um, In the Moto3 race, uh, we saw, once again, Fast Faggia showed up. Uh, (laughs) He did. So let's go over the top 10. We got Dennis Faggia, Sergio Garcia, in second, third, Romano Romano Fanati, fourth was Pedro Acosta, fifth was Tetsuki Suzuki, sixth was John McPhee, seventh, Darren Bender, eighth, Gabriel Rodrigo, ninth, Xavier Artigas. 10th, Jeremy Alcoba. What I want to say about this race, and I've already said something about uh, Fast Foggi. Fast Foggi showed up and rode brilliantly. Um, I wish they would take whatever he has for breakfast on these days and only let him eat that. Because this guy, when he's, when he's ready and he is focused, he is super fast. It shows up every single time that he is on his game. He is right at the sharp end.
1: Yeah, and, and another thing that you know, when Dennis Foggia is leading a race to me, it really seems like Dennis Foggia wants to lead the race. Um, you know, some of these riders, when they get in front, they don't, they don't look comfortable. they don't look like they want to be there, they get, they second guess some things they, they want to be able to per to position themselves to get in the draft. But Dennis Foggia to me, when he gets into second after he's been leading, he wants right back into first. He just seems like he likes to control that pace. Um, I guess I, we can only say that's because you know he's um he's on a on a fast Honda. We've seen just how quick that bike's been. You know, how many times. whenever he's uh, whenever he's on the podium, that bike is just a bullet and uh, uh I mean, they definitely got a strong bike in this class, but um I mean, as far as his mannerisms go on track, what do you think, Jason? I mean, is that do you see the same thing or
0: Yeah, I think I think he does like the lead um because I think Dennis Fagia we when we see him struggle, it's when he's in the pack, and that says to me that he's a guy that runs a little bit different line. And when he's behind people, his line is is getting interrupted by other riders, and he's not really able to maybe work through the pack quickly enough to get to the front where he could be fast. So when he when he does get to the front quickly, when he qualifies really well. Uh, What we see is what we saw at Assen and what we've seen at the other the other tracks that he's shown up at I I mean this guy He could be right there with Pedro Acosta this year if if he showed up every Sunday But he doesn't always show up and that's the thing and that's why I think his he is a rhythm writer And when people are in front of him, it really messes up his rhythm and Speaking from experience. I mean, I'm the same. I'm a rhythm writer when you get in my way and I can't hit the gas when I meet when I want to, and you break earlier than I want to, you know, it, it upsets me too. And you know, I'm world class, so we're the same. But it's just I, I I really feel like there are riders that are like that. They don't love the battle and the fight because you could contrast that style with someone like Darren Bender, who's cool to pass four guys on the brakes, no problem. <laughs> he doesn't care, it's fine. But Faggia is very much get out front, run my lines, try to be really smooth and consistent, and uh, hopefully not too many people get in front of me so it doesn't upset my rhythm too badly. Um, The contrast to the Gio Garcia, who I think just loves to race and doesn't really care where he is. He just likes to get out there and bang some bars and, and make it interesting. And he was really fast on Sunday too. I mean, between him and Fanati... Uh, they, they ran, both of them ran fantastic races and I just can't get enough of seeing gas, gas up at the front. I just can't, I can't get past it. I see gas, gas and I get excited. I don't know why it just happens, but Sergio Garcia is quietly having a solid year in Moto 3.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, and, you know, you mentioned Romano Fanati, um, you know, how, how good of a race that he had, it needs to be mentioned. He had a double long lap
0: penalty. He re- yes, you I know, was going to mention that, yeah.
1: And still ended up on the podium. So, you know, and like you had mentioned about Dennis Foggi, liking, a line, liking him to run those uh, certain lines. You know, we've seen Romano Fanati always make some weird shapes on track whenever he's on a bike. He's got a real unique line about him as well. Um, but for him to do that, to make it through the pack with a double long lap penalty, to still make it back on the podium, that's, pr- that's a that's a pretty big feat in this class. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, not to not to skip over Sergio Garcia, because I think you had you make some really good points. I mean, he he looks like he's having a lot of fun on the bike. And, and like you said, he, he he seems like he really enjoys getting down to the nitty gritty with another rider and, and really battling and really, you know, trying to get in there. And, you know, the, every I, time we see him right. he got a big smile on his face.
0: Absolutely. Well, I, I think you can look at the way the races go for Sergio Garcia and the races the way they go for Foggia to contrast the styles. Faggia doesn't do as well if he's in tenth or thirteenth or fifteenth after three laps. He doesn't come through the pack. Sergio Garcia comes through the pack. You mm. know what I mean? Like yeah. he, he will fight. And I, I think that I think that's something that uh Dennis probably needs it, it may be, maybe I'm completely wrong, but that's the way I feel about it when I see him. When I see him back in the pack and he doesn't move forward, I feel like, okay, well, the problem is, is somebody's not braking when he wants to brake, and they're not on the gas when he wants to be on the gas, mm-hmm. so he's not able to adjust really easily, whereas somebody like Sergio Garcia is just going off of whatever the guy in front of him is doing, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get past it. That means brake later, on the gas earlier, keep it tight, go wide, whatever that means, that's what I'm going to do. Um, and that's, that's the sign of a Sunday man, right? That's a razor. Yeah. yeah. And
1: that's, that's another thing I was going to mention about Dennis Foggia is, you know, if we're seeing that kind of avoidance to battle, uh, you know, and that, that reluctance to battle, how is that going to affect him later on in a class like Moto2 when we're all in the same spec, you know,
0: engines? Um, I don't think he will figure. That's what I think. You know, I I just don't think he figures if, if, um, um, you have to be a battler. I mean, look at what Cam Beaubier's done. He can't qualify for anything this year. Comes race time, Cam's ready to go. You know, he's ready to fight yeah. it out. And uh, and so that's a really contrasting style. And I'm not trying to uh, bash Dennis Fawgier. Right, no, of I course, mean, yeah. they, It's things to he, think about, I, I praise him. Right, absolutely. But you, Styles, They. It, you know, if you take something like the UFC, they say Styles make fights. I think Styles also make racers. And the guys that we see um, that are great at the overtakes and love to mix it up. Uh, those are the guys that we as viewers love to watch. Um, but there is also something to be said for the guy that can get out front and just manage the race. I mean, that's the easiest and safest way to win a race, right? To be out there by yourself, get your own rhythm. But in Moto3, that doesn't happen a ton. So when you, when you can't Constantly fight with people if that gets you out of rhythm. Moto 3 is going to be tough, but to your point, moving up the classes, people, it gets better and better. It, you know, the, the only the best riders out of Moto 3 go to Moto 2, right? And then only the best out of Moto 2 go up to Moto GP. So you got to be a fighter. I mean, there's just you got to get that bit between your teeth. You got to go. Um, but in, but in fourth, and, and you know, before I mentioned Pedro Costa, Romano Fanati really did. Two long laps and still finishing third. I think maybe had the race was the race of the day. Like that's unbelievable yeah, to yeah. me because he he just he shouldn't have been there, and but he know. was.
1: I don't have a clue what was going on, you know, in that garage. Uh, you know, the reason that they got the double long lap penalties, uh, oh. it just kind of looked ridiculous. They probably, you know, to oh. me, whenever oh. he and his teammate were kind of going at it there on track, and you know, I don't, I don't know. But, yeah,
0: I look. I- that's the first time we've seen Fanati have a real issue, but I have to feel like I can't just blame Fanati for that. No, I don't, no, no, of course. Yeah, there's because there's two because, sides because ever to every since story. he right, absolutely because we we've talked about Fanati and ever since that horrendous incident, he hasn't done one thing like that. So, you know, for him and his teammate to blow up at each other there's probably a little fault on both sides. But I think they're they seem to be fine now, and I think going forward, Fanati knows man he's got to be. Careful, got to keep his nose clean. He's got a past, right? And so he has to be careful with that. But all that aside, Sunday came around, and that guy rode a phenomenal race. So we'll we'll leave it at that. Uh, Pedro Acosta went from not fit to race on Saturday evening, a hospital bed on Sunday morning, to finishing fourth in the race. (laughs) I mean, this guy started in 18th, Mm -hmm. finishes fourth, uh he's just the class of moto three right now he really is he's just he's just doing some unbelievable things
1: no i agree and you know that crash that he had on saturday um i mean wow you know that we could have had we could be having a different conversation about pedro costa now you know if we're just talking a couple feet and you know the results of that crash could have been a whole lot different but well i'm um, glad you
0: brought that crash up though because i want to talk about Moto three and these tactics real quick. Yeah. and how stupid they are. This you saw, I was watching FP3 and I saw all these riders sitting there waiting for the the get all oh, we all got to go together and get a tow. Mhm. That is ridiculous and that that lap that he was so desperate to get as long as as well as the other guys most of them weren't even going to count because they didn't get across the line right no, exactly. because they waited so long this is this has to stop if the fim is really interested in racer safety they have to stop that and that that might mean that in moto three like we talked about i think you and i talked about off air maybe we do it simply like moto e Yep. or or with teammates only because this is getting out of control it's it you know we talked about turn 1 becoming dangerous at Mugello and and at Saxton Ring. it was nuts and and it's the same like everything that these guys are doing they're young and they want to, they're hungry but the teams have got to rein that in and you've got adult men making decisions like that for their riders holding their riders until everyone else goes out that is so contradictory to everything else I think of. I want to be out there by myself when I'm on track, but these guys are doing things that are just making it unnecessarily dangerous. And I think we got to do something about it. I think it really needs something needs to be done.
1: No, I completely agree. Um, like you said, you know, we briefly mentioned, you know, what about a Moto Moto E style qualification or if, you know, take it a step further to condense the time down is, you know, send them out with their teammates, you know, two at a time and, and, and let them go run their fast lap and uh, together or or one fast lap and then, you know an out lap and a fast lap um you know what does that look like what could that look like but no i completely agree something has to change with this class um because we don't want to see riders like Jason Depasquier not see their you know their 20th birthday it, you know yeah. it's just it's not right and and well, the, these young right. men these talents the, these talents that and that you know these men don't have the the chance to 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 have families and things and but you know beyond that just not even a rider losing their life but just the simple fact that it puts everyone at risk on track whenever there's a, a big gaggle of riders that are frantic that are um you know not in the right headspace to be on track and and, and we have to remember we're not talking about gr- grown-ups you know, and, no, I, and I mean that respectfully. Why you know, yeah. That's why I mentioned the team. Yeah. That's why I mentioned the team, the you're grown right. men yeah.
0: encouraging these tactics.
1: No, you're you're absolutely right. These riders are not make. you know, they, they're not, I, I don't want to sound negative to the riders, but they, they're just not there yet to where their judgment can temper their enthusiasm, I guess, is what I'm trying to say.
0: Listen, I didn't make good decisions in a lot of phases of my life when I was a teenager. Do you think that we can be trusted. <laughs> Teenagers cannot be trusted. So to your point here, I think, you know, MotoGP got very lucky. Moto3 got very lucky that they didn't lose another rider because he got hit by a bike. Yeah. And he could have been severely injured, paralyzed, something like that, or worse, yeah. killed. But what you did there is you jeopardized a superstar for MotoGP. You jeopardized a potential cash cow in terms of financial terms for you by allowing him to do what they did because you you know you're 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 thinking more about short-sighted it's a short it's a short-sighted move yeah they're worried more about you know uh, track limits than they are about these tactics and it's a problem and they need to start punishing teams and i think it's got to be severe enough to where you're you know you're not allowed to run on sunday no, and and, yeah. and i realize the sponsorship money i realized that mm. but these teams if they know that going in and they make that decision that's between them and their sponsor and if they can't ride anymore because their sponsor pulls the money well that's their fault they made that decision these are the, what do they say all the time about track limits the rules are the rules so right. don't try to break the rules so we almost we, we narrowly avoided a disaster in terms of someone getting severely injured or even worse losing their life and not to mention it is the rising star, the star of stars in moto three, right? You cannot do that. The NFL protects their stars in the quarterback and we complain about it all the time. Mm-hmm. You have to do something similar. You cannot allow this to keep happening. Um, and I would like to see more severe and more consistent punishment, but this is something we've already discussed. Right. Um, yeah. so I, I think, you know, with pedro acosta you know now we got news that he's moving to moto two he almost didn't get to do that either i mean yeah. he was I, I mean gosh he was so lucky so you know fix it F.I.M. fix it and to all those grown men running and working on those moto three shame to yourself because that was ridiculous and so that's my I guarantee I get an invite to Moto3 banquet at the end of the year. I guarantee it. Um, Fifth place, Tatsuki Suzuki. This is a good finish for him. He needs as many of these as he can get. Yes. He needs to be relevant. He needs to finish races. And now we see him kind of starting to climb out of that crash, crash, crash mentality. So great race from him
1: no completely agree um we need to see tetsuki suzuki definitely uh, toward more towards the front and finishing these races exactly what what you said can't back that up enough um you know john mcphee in sixth place same thing this was a good result for john mcphee he's not really had a good year so far um it, it's just it's not been coming together for him and and i think that this is this is something he needed you know he he the highest he got up was into fourth it looks like through the lap chart and you know eventually kind of ebbed and flowed a bit throughout the race but ended up was able to bring it home uh, in I, the top 10 so i
0: really feel like you got to break the ice you know john's been very up and down this year he's had a lot of dnfs not all of them his fault as we have spoken about before but you have to finish you know and i think with darren bender right behind him there I, patronus has to be disappointed about this year they have to be You, you this they had such high hopes coming into the first race in Qatar.
1: Right. And, uh, and, yeah. and it's
0: just not happening. It's just not. I don't know where Darren Bender is right now, but well, he's not the Darren Bender we saw the first 3 weeks of so the first 3 races.
1: Well, you and I both know the Darren Bender finished in the 7th place. That was he was penalized two good position. It was penalized two finishing positions. Right. Um, which we have to we have to keep the show Disney Channel, you know, this it's garbage. Um, in my yeah. opinion, uh, it was, it, what doesn't well, make sense to me is the fact that, you know, if he had gone out of track limits and and if I'm understanding the the scenario correctly, he went outside track limits earlier in the lap and then made two overtakes before the end of the lap after that infraction. So therefore they penalized him those two more, those two more slots. Correct.
0: That's the way I understand it now. I can't believe that that's the way it went down because I can't believe I think I understand that, but it is the FIM after all, and there are asinine. So he should he actually lost three places because he's ahead. He finished ahead of Pedro Acosta off the lead. Uh, he was one point three three eight off the lead. Pedro Acosta was one point three five two. So okay. he he actually crossed the line ahead of Pedro Acosta. But here's the thing about Darren Bender right now. <laughs> He can't, he, I mean, he got in trouble for the stuff in Q1. Um, the the Q1, I'm sorry, the previous race, the stuff in Q1, the antics there. Mm-hmm. I just think, I don't know, it just feels like it's coming unraveled on that side of the garage. Or just for Patronus in general, it just feels uh, like a problem. You know, we had lots of problems in Q1 again this week with the Moto2. With, yes. I, Bo, honestly... It's getting to the point where I don't know if I can watch much more of their practices. Cause I'm going to scream at the TV the whole time. Yeah. Nothing uh, changed to show up and watch the rate. Yeah. It's just like, nobody's figuring this out. Well, Dennis on
1: An- even, you know, made the call to arms, you know, and said, Hey, we need to do better. We, we need to change this and we need to do better. And, and it, that seemed to last a session or two. And then everything back is back to the way that it is now. It has been the entire season. So like you're saying, there has to be some sort of a harsher punishment, a more sustained punishment, but also a punishment that applies to every single person in the exact same manner. Because yeah, I, I, I don't I feel like the, like some of the punishments are a little bit heavier upon other riders yeah. than they. Uh, than, than I other. don't like the
0: subjectivity, and I don't like they're using the long lap and then sometimes the ride through. And yep. then, I, I don't, I don't like that. Like I, I, lo- I want consistent penalties. If you tell me this penalty is a ride through and this penalty is a long lap, okay, I don't want to leave that up to discretion. I don't like that because as a as a fan, you see something like what happened with Darren Bender. Okay, so he he exceeded track limits and it was a 3 second penalty or whatever it was, mm-hmm. you know. Okay, uh, that that at least I think it's BS, but at the same time I think at least it's consistent. But the The other stuff, like, we never know. We don't have a clue. So, you know, it's frustrating. And, you know, I think, you know, we've we've been on this for a while, but if we look at Gabriel Rodrigo, Xavier Artigas, and Jeremy Alcoba, those guys, you know, were up at the front for a little while, and then they struggled at the, I guess, the last uh, seven or eight laps. They just, they fell way off but both, all of them finishing in the top 10 is good i'm supr- you know jeremy alcoba i thought at the beginning of the race was super aggressive and i thought hmm i wonder what he's going to do and then it just looked like something happened to him and he just kind of you he know, just kind of lost everything. Like he just all mojo was gone.
1: It really only lasted, you know, for a lap or two. Because even after lap two, he was down in in sixth place, and never, yep. never, re- never got higher than sixth place after that. So I, right. I think I it comes down to it that you know, Dennis Foggia romano fernati uh, you know and sergio, Gar- sergio garcia they just had it to this w- this weekend yeah. over him yeah at you know, least on sunday yeah. because obviously he started on pole position so he was fast on saturday right. but yep. um you know sunday
0: conditions changed i don't know
1: I, I mean we've seen the same thing out of somebody in the gp class it seems like every time he ends up on pole but um you know that's neither here nor there but you know mm, just it interesting. bears mentioning
0: yeah i i saw that too but it was just strange to me i mean yeah, he was out yeah. there. He was aggressive. He didn't get a good start, but he threw on it. like made a couple of passes, and then like you said, it just it was like a stone. Um, so he, he had a bad day. The last thing I want to mention about Moto three, you know, is Andre Minio. I mean, dude, it's just crazy unlucky right now. It he yeah, feels yeah. like he's the new McPhee. That's terrible. oh my gosh, yeah. So keep your head up, brother. And keep racing. I mean, it, it's got to turn around at some point, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, but but anyway, let's move to Moto2. I, I think uh, that was a phenomenal race. Uh, we had Raul Fernandez finishing first, Remy Gardner finishing second, Augusto Fernandez finishing third, Sam Lowe's in fourth, Marco Bezzecchi in fifth, Ayagura in sixth, uh, Jorge Navarro in seventh, Chavez uh, Vieje in eighth, Marcel Schroeder in ninth and, um, Celestino Vietti was in 10th. Um, Raul Fernandez, Remy Gardner, we know now that they are both going to be in MotoGP next year. Um, but Raul Fernandez is just showing us just how much of a class writer he is. I mean, he, he looked phenomenal. And when he took the lead, you know, Remy just couldn't get a sniff of it back. And, uh, I mean, what else can you say? the The kid is the kid is out of this world right now. He's riding unbelievably well.
1: Yeah, I think Remy Gardner wanted definitely, definitely wanted to uh, wanted to try to charge him, but you know, with only three laps left, but by the time that Remy Gardner finally got past, Augusta Fernandez and Sam Lowe's both, um, he just didn't have it. I don't even know if he would have been able to to run down rival if he had five laps left, or you know, or, or even ten. But I think Raul Fernandez just really wanted this win this weekend. Um, I think he, uh, you know, he, he ran wide uh, on, uh, I think it was turn seven on lap one and really kind of put himself on the back foot the entire race, but he showed the poise and the maturity of a seasoned GP rider in the fact that he gathered everything up and he just kept his head down and marched right back through the pack to the front and just a, a dominating day overall. Um, once again, from the KTM team, and but also from, you know, especially from Raul Fernandez.
0: You know, KTM is just, um, they're head and shoulders above everybody else. They're just, it's not close. And I'm glad that Raul Fernandez is going to GP, because I don't feel like he has anything left to prove in Moto2. Um, the only guy close to him is his teammate, so... Uh, and he's going to MotoGP, and I think they they obviously feed off each other pretty well. So it just makes sense that he's going to be your teammate again. Awesome. Let's just move forward. We're we're obviously bringing the best out of each other.
1: Yeah, they've got a good thing going. Uh, I'm glad that you know they're they're bringing them up together. And and like you said, if they if you've got a good recipe, why are you going to change something?
0: Yeah. I. I so. You Know it's the same with Acosta. Acosta has nothing left to prove in Moto 3 to me, so I think you move up when you have nothing left to prove, you move up, but ju- you don't just move up because somebody offered you a ride. Because we've seen more often than not, if you're not ready and you go up, that's a struggle, right? And then you end up toiling and you know, in a place that is not great. Tito Rabat's a great example of that, I think. But, um, you know, it it is what it is now. Tito won the championship, but he didn't get. A great offer. So the offers that these guys are getting to ride with Red Bull yes. is perfect. Yes. It's perfect. That's that's a move. To go ride for Avencia, No not great
1: the infrastructure that red bull has implement has has created all the way through um this championship you know the the, the rookies cup into moto three into moto two and then straight into moto gp and then having a satellite team in moto gp as well where they can continue to you know develop and then those those entry riders and then move them over to the factory team possibly over after after a period of time to me that is such a long game approach and you know it, it's it's similar to the to you know how valentino rossi had set up the vr46 academy but obviously i think that you know red bull's got a little bit more backing there and they have a bit more resources to be able to create such a dominant and powerful infrastructure for themselves so they've created their own recruiting funnel essentially and yeah absolutely they're definitely um i mean they're, they're positioning themselves very well in MotoGP. um you know not to, not, to slide, not to slide sideways a little bit to, to Moto GP already, but you know stay in this class. like you're saying, bring Acosta up to Moto 2, get these other two guys out and get them where they need to be into and, and GP. Right. Give them the opportunity to, to prove themselves in GP. You have a GP team that's not showing you the results right now, so ch- so why don't you give something else a shot?
0: Yeah, I say bring Cameron Bobier into that Red Bull team. <laughs> i love american racing but that team is is the best in the paddock right now and i want an american in there so aki if you're listening Bobier, or you know what i'd be cool if you brought Gerloff, or even tell you what you bring sdk SDK, Red Bull, KTM. Let's do it.
1: I think that's a power move. Definitely, definitely SDK. You know, he's youthful, and, yeah, let's see him in the the Moto2 championship. Let's see what
0: he's got. Absolutely. Okay, so Remy Gardner couldn't win it, but, again, with a sensible, measured approach. Championship ride. Yep, championship ride. Did a great job. He lost five points, but after Raul crashed, that's not such a big deal. Mm-hmm. um and uh you know he goes into the summer lead the championship by a good chunk of points
1: definitely I, I mean what more can you ask for you got five weeks off you can relax a little bit you've got a big lead he's not under pressure uh, you know he he's, yeah he doesn't feel that pressure that he's got to perform and he's got to you know show back up and and there's no Absolutely. frantic, there's there's no frantic uh, second half of the season to him, you know. Like right. what we're seeing out of Sam Lowe's, you know, Sam Lowe's has got to be feeling the pressure uh, now, you know, even towards the end of this race. Augusto Fernandez, this was a fantastic podium for him. It's been a long time yep. since he's been on the podium. Now,
0: Augusto's good at Assen though. Augusto won at Assen before. He's really good at Assen. Mm-hmm. And, and and but you're right. I mean, you you're, you started the year out like a house on fire. And uh, you've cooled off considerably, but a fourth place is not a disaster.
1: No, no, it's not, not bad. And it's something Sam Lowe's needed, but I think that, you know, where we're at right now, a championship charge for him is, is. He's definitely on the back foot, you know? I
0: mean, the Red Bull KTM guys would have to take each other out repeatedly right, for him to have a shot. I mean, that's the way it's going to happen. Um, but, yeah, so. In fifth place, we had Marco Bezecchi and and Marco, is, I mean, I don't know, I, I, shocking is what's happening with Marco right now, and I say shocking. He's finishing fifth. He's doing the sensible thing. He's bringing a bike home every week, but, but goodness eight, gracious, yeah, eight, eight seconds, seconds off, off. Though, yeah, yeah. He he. I don't think anyone on a regular basis has the pace to match KTM IO, but I. I thought BR46 would be closer. I did, and, and I was wrong. I mean, these guys are either uh, – well, I mean, they were only – I mean, Gusto Fernandez was right there with them, and Sam mm-hmm. Lowe's was less than two seconds away. So they just got a setting wrong. Marco wasn't feeling it. Something was going on because that's a long way from the front.
1: Well, we've seen it all year, you know, and, and I really think that part of it has to do – I think he fed off of Luca Marini – uh, you know, Luca Marini was a really fast rider in Moto2. He did well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and whenever he was doing well, you would always see both of these guys riding together. So I, I really feel like he 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 fed off of that enthusiasm and that speed that that Luca Marini had, and it gave him more confidence. And now the roles are kind of reversed, I think, with Celestino Vietti in the garage, because now he's kind of that mentor position where he's towing him along a bit, and you know, and to his credit, Telestino Vietti brought it home in top ten, in a tenth place. Yeah, doesn't.
0: You know, it's a good finish is, for Vietti this year. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and, and like you said, a fifth place for Marco Betszaki is not a disaster. It, it, you know, but it's obviously not what we thought we were going to see. I mean, at the beginning of the season, we all we heard were Remy Gardner, Sam Lowes, and Marco Betszaki. That's and, what and, we heard. Yeah. And now Absolutely. we're talking about Remy Gardner and Raul Fernandez. We really don't talk a whole lot about you know Sam Lowes or Marco Betszaki, but well. They're still I bringing mean, points home though. So Yeah, to be fair though,
0: there. I, I mean, not really. I mean, Bezeki is fifty-six points down. He's in third place. He's fifty-six points down on Remy Gardner. Sam Lowe's is 85 points down. They're not that's not really hanging in there, in my opinion. But what what I think it is is a, a dominance by Remy Gardner and Raul Fernandez and KT Amayo. And everybody else, it's just not your year. Take a back seat. Work on yourself. You know, you guys work on stuff because KTM is serious this year and their riders are clicking. Right. So, however, we do have a five-week break. And momentum is a funny thing. So... If, if the big Mo starts moving towards a maybe Bezeki comes out of this summer break and he's a house on fire, you know, maybe mm-hmm. he's blazing it up. We don't know. So, but he's got a lot of, he's a long way off, but I wish him the best because I love Bezeki. I've loved him since he was Moto3. Um, and I, I really hope that he can uh, win a couple of races and get on the podium a little more. In sixth, we had Ayagura, which is, you know, Ayagura is really taken to the Moto2 bike. I I think next year we might see some podiums and maybe even a couple wins from this young man.
1: I completely agree. Uh, you know, and and he's been really the, the the unsung hero of the rookies. You know, right now we talk, we just see so much dominance out of Raul Fernandez in his class as a rookie, but Ayagura is still so strong as a as a rookie you know I, I mean he's finished in front of Jorge Navarro Xavi Vier, hey Marcel Schroder. you know these are veterans in this class these are guys that have turned tons of races in this class and he's right there he, he's he's beating these guys you know he beat uh, beating Jorge Navarro by three seconds so almost four right. you know three seconds so um no, I I have nothing but good things to say about Ayagura, and I applaud his effort. so far. And I think he's had two DNFs this year so far, at least. Yep. Um, you yeah. Yeah. Know, you know, both of the two of those that I can t- think of the top of my head were coming together with uh, American riders. Um, Watch but, out, uh, yeah. America's coming. <laughs> so but, yeah,
0: yeah. But you know, it might be Japan's next great hope, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so he seems to do better on the larger bike. So that bodes well for him to move if he moves to MotoGP. Um, but you know, I, I, I do, I did not mention, and I should have mentioned that Bezeki started in 16th in this race and finished fifth. So really he have in places that that's solid, solid riding by him. That's I just a want to throw salvage. that out because yeah, that, that's, absolutely. that's absolutely. Um, so, you know, moving on down, your man Jorge Navarro is now putting together a string of top tens because he heard you talking some trash about him. So well done, Bo, to light the fire in Mr. Navarro.
1: That is what it's for, man. The Bo Bus is not to, to, to disparage riders. The Bo Bus is to create a sense <laughs> of urgency of riders and really help bring out the best in them. So, you know, I, like, I consider like the job well done of the guys in Parks and Turn 1 can help to turn Jorge Navarro's season around. Now, if only, right. you know, Alex Renz and Joe Roberts would uh take to that and really mm, to... i'm
0: glad you brought up joe roberts mm. um it was a
1: painful let, thing let, to do
0: yeah that was painful uh, you know what let's get through the other top 10 chavi right. vieja marcel Schroder, uh Vieje, who we already mentioned with a very solid ride to finish tenth. marcel Schroder, quietly i mean i don't know what the criteria that these guys use to keep a ride but if you're finishing constantly in the top 10, you have to keep your ride. Am I right? I mean, you have to. I would like, think so. I think it yeah. also
1: considers it's, the, you know, the, you think of the caliber of the team as well, you know, and, and the um, – what is their – the Liquamoly Intact GP team. I couldn't remember. No, they know. were they were Dynavolt, Right, they were Dynavolt I was last year. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. just, I was thinking Dynavolt, that's Why I, I didn't want to misstate the title sponsor and then have a phone call right. from yeah, Moly since because we know they're listening to us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean but I think Marcel Schroder's doing a solid job for his team this year. Yeah. You know again, I, I'll say it again. The top two places are really KTM IOs to lose. So you know, if you take those guys out of it, Marcel Schroeder's finishing 7th, 8th, 4th. You know, he's doing great. So I, he's doing a good job. A couple of other notes. Did you see the crash that Dalla Porta had? That was scary. That could have gone so much worse on uh, and, and the first lap. I was like, I cringed when I saw it. That was a scary, scary crash. I'm glad the young man's okay. I'm glad no one else got hurt because... When he when he when I saw him start to lose it, I was like, "Oh no, this is going to be bad." And uh, you know, Arbelino also had a super fast crash yeah. uh, in seven. I believe he was in seven. And man, I'm glad both of those guys are okay. Definitely. That's why I brought it Absolutely. up. That, that, those were crazy. But now I like to get to Joe Roberts. I love Joe Roberts, USA, USA, USA. But my man. This is not how we want to be represented on the world stage. I'm just going to say it. I realize you're trying to go fast, but you're doing it the wrong way because you keep crashing. And you've got an amazing team, a team that won the world championship last year. There's not many places to point that finger, you know, and uh, I think, I don't know. I expected so much more from Joe Roberts this year. I really did. And I'm I'm just disappointed. I, I, I think sometimes racing is racing is so much harder than we know if you know having never done it on that level. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, and I know he is working his tail off to try and improve, but you know, I I don't know, man. I I don't I don't think a MotoGP at this stage right now with the current state of where he is 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 really in his future.
1: Unfortunately, I agree um, completely. Uh, you know, and we saw Joe pass up the Aprilia seat last year. Um, I, I'm ultimately, still kind of glad the, he did that. Yeah, it, it was I, the, ultimately it was the best move, I think. Uh, I think he made a smart decision. Um, uh, unfortunately, he has also not done himself any favors this year so far. Um, so, you know, Joe's got to take this break and hit that reset button. Like you said, you know, momentum is a funny thing. You can have the worst start to a season, and then you just t- kind of take a break away from it, and gather your thoughts, gather your approach, hit a you know get a mental reset, and then try something different. Come back, yeah. Try something yep. if it's not working. Try something different. Change your direction. Yep. You know, do what you need. Yeah, to absolutely. Do. Just do something. And, and and I commend Joe Roberts if he can can make a change, And, sure. and at least try something different, you know. And, and if we if we don't see the same mistakes over and over, is kind of what a you know. Yeah,
0: I, it feels like it, it. does feel a little about like a little bit like a time loop right now, um, and, and it's unfortunate. I, I look the season's way to go. Maybe we can get it turned around. Let's get some results. But uh, man, I I think I texted you the other day, and I said you know, there's just not. I'm so disappointed that we don't have Americans enough Americans on the world stage, but it's pretty evident that there's a reason why, you know, and, uh, you know, even as well as Gerloff has done in world Superbike, he hasn't won a race and Spees went over there and won a world championship <laughs> in first year. So I, and I, and I made the, made the statement that guys like Marquez, Mark Marquez and Pedro Costa, mm-hmm. uh, they show up regardless and they go fast yeah and that's that's the different now now rossi Marquez's the 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 augustinis of the world those are those guys were rare I the get outliers, that. right yeah right but but Acosta is he shows up now he knows the tracks a lot of them and, and he knows the tracks and all that but it's a different bike a different team more pressure and this kid just went out there and did and, you know, Joe's been in the the series for three years at least now, like or four, three years. Yeah, three years. He's been in the series for three years, and he knows these tracks, and he's on a great team. Like I said, there's nowhere else to point that finger. Oh, the the thing about Cam is I think Cam Bobier. He made up a ton of places. He started in 24th. He finished uh, 16th. 16th. Yep. So he made up eight places. So he he did mm-hmm. some good work. He didn't score any points, but I'm he giving Cam right a pass. Absolutely. I'm giving Cam a pass because this was a track I don't think he's been to again. A country he hasn't been to again. So maybe he has. I don't know. But the point is that Cam is dealing with a lot of things that Joe is not. And it's crazy to say this, but, but Cam to me is outperforming Joe right now
1: I mean that's a solid statement you, you can't argue that I mean just by when you look at grid position starting grid positions um, finishing position where time spent in the garage, in the uh, in the championship or you know like you're saying Joe's been here for a while this yep. this stuff isn't new to him this stuff shouldn't be new to him you know he he jumped on the calyx last year with the american racing team that's what he wanted he wanted away from the ktm chassis he got what he wanted on, on a calyx we didn't see the results last year we saw some really fast one laps you know a few times last year um i i think that he had a really bad stroke of luck um when it came to uh, uh france last year and yeah. that almost seemed like it was a a a tipping point that that kind of started this terrible snowball that we've seen you know quite a bit and and it never will, yeah. really, you know it's Maybe not so. really gotten back on since then but and i could be and obviously i could be wrong he could, could could have fully completely forgotten about that and not care about that anymore but you know like you're saying joe roberts got to do something in cambobie keep yeah. doing what you're doing because you're going in the right yeah. direction just figure out that fast yeah. lap so
0: yeah i, know, I mean uh, joe's not the only one struggling in that moto two class i mean uh did you um, right. I don't say his last name because I can never say it correctly. Digia Antonio, but it, Digia has fit three DNFs in his last four, so he's going the wrong way. And you know, I made that statement. You know, he Joe Roberts has 24 more points. He's almost he's double the points almost of Cam right now in the championship. Mm-hmm. But it, but the the eyeball test shows tells me that, you know, I don't know if that's the same story if we put Cam on that Atal Trans team. Right. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm wishing them both the best. I really am. But, man, I'm frustrated right now with Moto2 with what's happening Americans. I want it to get better. Um, a little news, though. Canet is now switching teams. He's going to Cito Ponds and the mm-hmm. Flexbox 40 team next year. He's leaving the Bosca Scura chassis, I guess. Yep. Um, any thoughts? I personally think we're
1: going to see a stronger Canet next year. Uh, I, I, I'm not blaming the bike outright. Um, I just don't think that Kinnett is getting the feeling that he needs on the front of that bike. Um, we've seen that Aaron Kennett can be very fast on a bike, and, and even on the Bosco Square chassis. But we've also seen that Kallax dominates this class. So I think you take Aaron Kennett, who's a, ph- a phenomenal rider. You take a Calyx, which is a tremendous motorcycle. You put those two together, and I think we're going to see a lot more um, higher results from Aaron connect yep. next year, probably a lot less falls because he's probably not going to have to really push that bike to as much to a limit to go fast as he is right now.
0: Yeah. That, that's a good point. I, I, you know, lastly, I just want to give a shout out to Tom Lutie for getting some points this week. Good on him. He finished in the points, uh, Bo Ben Schneider. I don't know what happened to Bo Ben Schneider. I, <laughs> I thought he was coming on there for a few weeks and now, um, uh, I think we might need to send it out a search party. I'm not sure, but, but, um, you know congrats to tom finishing in the points there they, those finishes have been few and far between for him so hopefully after the break you know he can get this figured out like you said maybe that reset button will help a little bit and when you see the old tom Luty come back out here because we like lo- we like tom right. we like to see that Absolutely. he's a, he, he was a great great racer in this class for a long long time um move i'm ready to move to moto gp you want to do
1: yeah, I think we're running short on time, so we can definitely uh, uh, jump over to uh, to MotoGP and and dive into that.
0: Cool.